we are the place where you get the oh hang on a second there's a spider on my daughter's face hello one and all Welcome to another episode of Maine Education Matters. It is a sunny day as we are recording it. It is summer is fast approaching. If you haven't listened to us before, what we do here is we look at the Education Cultural Affairs Committee from the Maine Legislature, things from the Maine Department of Education, you know, basically anything in Maine education realm that, well, matters. We take a look at it. We do some quote unquote analysis. We provide information-ish on stuff, and uh, we try to you know, do it from a perspective of educators and curriculum leaders and from a place of just saying, hey, here's what's going on. And there's a lot. In a nutshell, we listen so you don't have to. And my name is Matt. And my name is Julie. How are you today, Julie? I am glad it's Friday, Matt. Yeah. Long week. Yeah. It's been it's been a week. It's It's been a week. We are fast approaching summer which means that we're fast approaching fall, right? You bet. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of do what we did on our last episode, which is, well, the legislature, the Education Cultural Affairs Committee is going through and doing a whole lot of stuff right now. They're just going at a ballistic pace. And it's hard to keep track of not only the public hearings, but also the work sessions and what's happening. So what we're going to do is just do a quick recap of the last week and what has happened in terms of work sessions and the bills that we can talk about, we know of that have either moved on to the House floor or the Senate floor or wherever, and those which will not. I have to start with an apology, though. Oh, that's that's not a OK. What's going on? So. I finally caught up on listening to our podcast because I've been very far behind and mm. I was so excited at our last recording because I had come up with um, new bits, as you called them, that I wasn't even listening and you introduced new legislature that is so important and I feel like I've let our listeners down and I've let you down. But when you talked about how, in addition to financial impact at the end of a bill, and you can correct me if I'm, I'm not talking about this correctly, but well, the racial impact, I just, yeah. I didn't even hear that when we recorded because I was focused on my SmackDown shout out quote and whatever. So I, there's, there's I no need, horrible. look, there's no need to apologize for this because this happens to everybody. You know, you're, you're driving down a highway and next thing, you know, snap, you've gone 50 miles and you don't know what happened. You know, you can go back and remember what happened, but you're like, where did that time and space and distance go? That happens. And, um, I can 100% assure you that there have been many times throughout the history of this podcast and beyond where I have completely zoned out and missed stuff that happened that was right in front of me. Mostly when Matt Shea was talking though, right? Not when I was talking. 100% of the time. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I apologize because I am so impressed that you brought that forward. I hope that we continue the conversation and it has prompted me to add that to 
um, our policy committee work in my district that, right. you know, no matter what oh. policy we're talking about, okay, let's discuss the racial impact. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, you know, revolutionary. And it's just another example, in my opinion, of how Maine like leads the nation in true innovation in a lot of different places. We've been an innovator in education for a long time, but let's talk about other areas. Like this is, we were leaders in like transgender rights, leaders in same-sex marriage. We were leaders in a lot of different areas. Well, now we're leaders in like in measuring, intentionally looking at our legislation coming out to see the diversity and the racial impact that this legislation might have intentionally or most likely unintentionally right. and what a move i mean what a move yeah. so as as we all know the education cultural affairs committee has um kind of a few different ways in which they move their bills forward in the world and so we're going to talk about some of the bills that they went through work session uh we'll talk about the ones that they ought to pass as amended that ought not to pass uh, there was one that we have that was reported out that was an ought to pass as amended slash ought not to pass, which was a divided report, finally reported out as that, and was a 12 to 1 split. A divided report with a 12 to 1 split. So that's how our legislature works, folks. And then a whole slew of divided reports, which we don't, which I don't know how they all necessarily went down because I did not have a chance to listen to all of these things. There, there's, I have there's some. Many. I have some of the breakdowns, but not 100%. But I think I have enough to show my proficiency in watching. Are we still allowed to say that word in Maine, proficiency? Because it became like a dirty word there for a while. Mm. Are, we, are we allowed to do that? Are we allowed to say it? No, anymore? Matt, not, not to take us on a tangent, but with all I'm learning about this legislative process, I'm really shocked that the work that had been done up until that that moment in committee had actually gone on that i mean there's so much that needs to occur for yeah. so anyways it's just a thought i had but um well i on a scale of one to four i think i will be a three when it comes to the breakdown of scores or of votes for the divided reports okay awesome that okay. that's fantastic because i'm going to definitely be a one <clears throat> okay. So um, we're going to look at some of the ought to pass as amended first, and some of these bills that came together that come have, have some kind of connection. So we're going to start off, uh, or connection. What I mean by connection is connection with other bills and other pieces of legislation that have come through uh, so far. So we're going to start off with LD sixty eight, an act to introduce a career and fiscal management elective course at the high school level. Now, we when we read this one, and it was like, wait a minute, they're going to add a course to it, and this is all to pass as amended, but it has been amended. Here's my takeaway from sixty eight that all curriculum leaders need to know. Go for and it. And if I'm the last one to know this, which is quite possible, um, I'm a little embarrassed. But one of the things we learned through this bill is that standard language changed when it comes to um, career in life readiness. So our yep. standards used to read career in education development mm -hmm. and what this bill is supporting and 
pushing forward is that we will change that language to life and career ready standards. So curriculum leaders, no more talk of career and education development. Your lingo is life and career ready standards. Yeah, I love this one because it, it went from a, being a full on just a course that had to be added in to now it's completely changed the language and statute. I think that's, I think that's, that, that's, that, that's the way I think the legislative process could work well when you come up with an idea that actually it's not the course we should be doing. This is where the language should be adjusted to, to be in line with the best practices, to be in line with um, the content that we need to be in line with uh, our current standards update and alignment. So um, I'm, I'm the, original, the original bill was on a course the amendment, which was according to the website, porpoised. The amendment is was that, porpoised. Is that like bullying? I, I, I believe it's supposed to be proposed. It is like bullying, which by the way, did not get revised. No, it did not. Um, but though it's been, it's been porpoised. So uh, uh, you know, don't, don't get your blowholes in a bunch here, folks. Um, so that one's gone through ought to pass as amended next up. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump down to one that was a little bit related to that, which was LD 1412 also ought to pass as amended. This is one that I have to, uh, this was an act to require the DOE to provide information to students, allowing them to make informed choices regarding their education and professional futures. Remember this one? Yes, and it did remind me, and I was happy to see the analysts bring up um, Representative Stern's bill that he passed forward on making sure that there is a link on all of our school websites. Um, but I'm not completely clear on what Senator Pouliot's bill does compared to um, Representative Stern's. So what exactly how are we going to inform our little cherubs about their future options? Here's how I make, make out the, the, the breakdown. Stearns' bill was about putting, a, everyone puts a link on the district websites. This one says, no, we're not asking the, the, the local control districts to do anything differently. This is all the DOE. Oh, this bill requires works. DOE to provide the information to students that allows them to make these decisions and to do a whole heck of a lot to make a searchable database that has things like average annual cost, graduation rates, salary after attending of um, a bunch of different places and things. So it's like, it's, it's a very comprehensive, it's a big project. Wow. Um, so I think that's, that's the, biggest, the biggest difference that I see in it. Very helpful. Do you think, Matt- George, I try not to. Well, I, do you think that Senator Pouliot, having been on the committee previously, that contributed to the unanimous vote? Or is it just because it was such a great topic that it um, unanimity? I, I think there, I, I honestly don't know. I do think the fact that there was some really interesting language choices that came through with this as if you look at the very beginning of this bill, it says, henceforth, it will be known as the Students' Right to Know Act. And, you know, we have No Child Left Behind Act or mm. whatever. Um, so it's one of those like, okay, so they actually put a title. 
they actually made this into its own entity. And I think that that has some real, real pull to it. Hmm. Interesting. So that's a couple right there, two right away that passive ended that have to do with life and career readiness. And we're going to jump over to one, one other that's related that was ought not to pass, which was LD 701, an act to require them the education of high school students in certain life skills. This was the bill that adds instruction in financial literacy and social emotional competence to the minimum requirements for high school diploma. We said, yeah, this one kind of hurt my heart a little bit because um, one of our SOCO students worked with Representative O'Neill to um, craft it, bring it forward. And it really has um, good meaning, good intention behind it. And it certainly is needed, but boy, did they quickly vote that 11-0 ought not to pass. They did. Another one that they vote ought to pass is amended, LD 1049, a resolve to promote the education of students who participate in sex education classes regarding common cancer symptoms, the bone marrow registry and organ donation. That's going to the floor. Yeah, um, yes. I, I, I worry about how this will be portrayed in classes, but yeah. and, and how some students will respond, but um, Sure, let's so do we it. Gotta, so we gotta leave it to the professionals and trust that they're gonna be professional about it, in my opinion. Sure they will. I well, I'm anxious it. to talk about these next two and I am yeah. going to pick your brain. I want you to explain <laughs> what these two mean to a very tired curriculum leader. I, I will try and I will double up on that very tired curriculum leader language. We're going to go uh, sort of the higher one first, LD 518, a resolve directing the DOE to review and assess existing educational mandates. Why didn't 278 and 518 get pushed together? I thought they, that they were similar. It, they are similar. What, what this one does, as I understand it, is this is a resolve to do a study of what has happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, all the educational mandates that are out there. And there is a list of educational mandates that- I sent that to you. I, I, well, those were unfunded. Is that what unfunded, you Yes, unfunded mandates. And I think this one is going to look at all of them and look at funded and unfunded. And then I think hopefully they'll do an analysis of the extent to which the funding is actually effective. But again, effective can be a local decision. So not to take us too too far to the right or the left, but I sent you a document from 2015 yep. that I stumbled upon. Um, and doing research for the podcast. Uh, no, but sort of maybe. Um, expand, I'm a lifelong learner, Matt. So this came from Maine Municipal Association. Um, okay. in 2015, and it listed the unfunded mandates, both state and federal. And I just couldn't help but be a little surprised that as a curriculum leader, I had never seen that list before. And I'd love to talk about it with you, my colleagues on, it just would be helpful to once a year go through the list and maybe this 518 will add to that and just strengthen our understanding because the more you know, I don't know what the rest of that is, but. Well, why don't we do this? 
how would you feel about doing a, a special episode of Maine Education Matters where we did focusing on the un unfunded mandate document. We can share it out, say, here we go. Here's what we see. We can I do that. We could. we could have some special guests pop in, expand our repertoire, expand our I would, knowledge. Yeah, I'd love that. Our list. All right, so how is 278 different from 518? So what 278 does, 278 is an act to establish a process for the consideration and implementation of changes to mandated instruction or training for students presented by Representative Brennan out of Portland. This bill, instead of looking at what has happened in the past, from what I understand, this says, no, no, here's what we're gonna do in the future. Mm, when we these like things this come one. in. We uh, like this one a lot. Well, I, I do because we, we get to a point in these education mandates or this, this podcast or the education legislation sessions where the same things keep coming up. And then the ed orgs kind of have to come in and say the same thing over and over again. Can't do this because it's against the violence of the main constitution. Can't do this because it violates the main constitution. And so how many of the bills that have come before this education committee this year and previous years, have they just had to be like, look, we get it. It's a political move. You got to make to put a bill in for it. Say that you put a bill forward in this. We get it, but you can't do this. Mm. You know, it's about learning the, the learning the laws that you are purported to know because you're the ones making the laws. It was funny on this one. Hillary pointed out. I believe it was Hillary, um, our Opla, that um instead of saying curriculum mandates we really should refer to them as mandated instructional practices i think that was what the terminology she used but then when representative brennan it was sort of like those times what we talked about earlier when we kind of zone out mm -hmm. i think he zoned representative brennan zoned out when hillary was explaining because he must have said curricular mandates at least 12 times I kind of felt a little bad but then I was like sort of in the same boat with him. So. Yeah, so this one is also ought to pass as amended and is going before the floor. It's going to be voted on. And I'm personally and professionally very hopeful for this one um, because I know that it would be, it would go a long way to help inform our legislators and the legislative process of right. here's the way in which the things that you want to change, here's how they change. And so, if you want to change that, you need to go and change the process, but at a higher level, not at this you know, granular level. That's not where we should be doing the legislation, especially in a local control state like we are. So hypothetically speaking, if you were a director of curriculum or an assistant superintendent who oversees curriculum work, this might be a bill that you might reach out to your local representative and say, hey, be on the lookout for 278. This one really has merit and would uh, move us forward. So so here's why I would ask people to go and do this, because I agree with you. You could absolutely go and ask your local legislators, senators, et cetera, to, to vote for this. Help us out. By us, I mean me and Drew. <laughs> because reading all of this stuff and talk, it's a lot of work. And I don't like work. I prefer not working if possible. I like lying in sun. When there's not sun, I like lying on couches. And this would help me achieve the goal of being able to lie down more. 
Oh, Matt, I feel badly for the analysts who prepare pages upon pages of data or information. And some of these bills, like you said, they'll come up, oh, no, it's against the Constitution, just disregard it or, nope. or whatever. And there's just, um, I've always had this mantra to try to work smarter, not harder. I've been in education for 26 years now, 27 years, and I still haven't learned how to do that, but I'm always hopeful, always hopeful. Well, I think that part of it is you do work smarter because you're a smart person and you, you do work hard because you're a hard worker. Um, and people who work with you, they celebrate and they recognize that. So oh, give, yourself little, give yourself a little bit. All of right. Oh, I like the warm fuzzy. Okay. So, so of the 22 or so bills that they went and they did work sessions on last week, voted on, reported on, et cetera, five of them were ought to pass as amended. Which means they were unanimous. Right. No party lines. Unanimous there, there were four that were ought not to pass. We've already talked about one, which is 701. Uh, the next uh, is we're going to talk about LD 406. That one went very quickly. Um, I don't think the sponsor was there. This was wanting industrial arts to be taught in every classroom. And I think this could have been put on a timer and it was it was done and over with 11-0 ought not to pass because it never made it out of concept draft form. Right. So the next the next two that were ought not to pass are are both curriculum related bills. They're tangentially related because of that. They get to this level of, again, granular thinking and granular legislating like we talked about a minute ago. So let's start off with LD 238, an act concerning civics instruction. We can parallel that one with LD 1186, an act to require a course regarding the US Constitution, the Constitution of Maine to be taught to high school seniors. 238 was ought not to pass. They said, nope, probably because someone told them, um, we do do this and it's part of our standards and it's a requirement and we do it. 238 could be the, um, the model example of growth mindset for beginning legislators because Sue Salisbury from out of Westbrook, Westbrook should feel, be very proud of Sue Salisbury. I think she does a solid job. She's strong in her convictions and knows what she stands for, has strong experience. But what she said um, regarding this bill is that she said, you know, I was originally, or I'm a co-sponsor of this bill and I have learned so much through this process, but I am confident that students are receiving this instruction elsewhere. So she gladly was able to support ought not to pass. Glad and to I hear that, that someone was, got some learning learning on them. Right. It's that um, it's the norm of knowing when to take ideas off the table and not being stubborn like I have been known to do in my in my past um, professional life. But shout out to oh, here it goes. Shout out to Sue Salisbury for her growth mindset. So the other one that was related was LD 1186, an act to require a course regarding the US Constitution and the Constitution of Maine to be taught to high school seniors. That one ended off in a divided report. Which was only 11 to one. And the one, this was really kind of funny because 
um, this one had a little aside that when she said no, and I don't know if it was reporting out on the minority report, but she, uh, out of the side of her mouth, she said, I believe in local control or something ah. like that. So, so I would imagine that it was like 11 ought not to pass and one ought to pass. Correct. Yeah. Let the locals decide. Let the locals decide. The next curricular bills all had to do with either the, the genocide, Holocaust, and African-American studies. The first we're going to go was just straight out not to pass, which is LD 187, an act to require education about African-American history and the history of genocide. Now, what happened with these is they lumped them all together <laughs> into LD 1664, I believe. Yes, very good. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So they they said no thanks to LD 187. We're gonna we're gonna do all this in LD 1684 or 1664. Excuse me. So this bill specifically just looked at um, requiring African American studies to be taught in schools, aligned parameters of instruction, et cetera, and, and talked about a lot of different things. There were some there were some really issues that people had with some of the language that was in here, which I found to be well absurd when I heard it. Um, but that's just me. And uh, well, right along with LD215. Now, LD215 was an act to require instruction in the history of genocide and the Holocaust. It's not ought to pass, ought not to pass because this is a divided report. This was Representative Fecto, and he probably bit his tongue through most of the work session, but he handled himself very well. The quote of the week, though, is going to Representative Fecto that the vote was seven to five ought to pass, which was um, ought not to pass, excuse me, because it was sort of included in 1664. And he said, this is just another example of all feathers and no meat. That by including his LD215 within 1664, he does not have confidence that it is going to be to the level it would be had it remained 215. Um, as, 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 a, as a person who lives in a house full of vegans and vegetarians, I kind of find that analogy a bit offensive. I thought you might, but you can handle it. I really can. I just thought it was funny. He was very angry and that's what he came up with. Sure. Uh, he, he feels very passionately about this topic and which, which right. good on him. So let's talk about LD 1664. Let me just add one more thing. Oh, please. sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So the minor, the minority report of the five votes that received, of course, is going to be ought to pass, but ought to pass adding an emergency preamble preamble, which would mean it would need to get two thirds vote from the House and Senate, I believe. But just interesting. Yeah. I think I think once if that were to happen too, then it would be enacted right away instead of having to wait the 60 days or however long it is before the governor signs or the governor signs it. So it would, it would go into impact right away. So let's talk about LD 1664. Uh, titled uh, An Act to Integrate African-American Studies into American History Education. 
bill includes instruction on African-American studies, main African-American studies, including African-American cultural systems and the experience of African-Americans throughout American history. Uh, and the DOE is required units of instruction on American history and main studies. So it's taking what main Native American law and studies did 20 plus years ago and bringing into this into the fold. It doesn't necessarily require courses or things like that, but it requires an intentional integration and focus on these areas into the, into the curriculum and, and the instruction. Do you say integral or integral? I hear it both ways. Which is the correct way, do you think? It, it's either. I it think is. It's in, in, integral or, in, you know. Integral. Integral. I say which, integral, but I, I always find integral. It's, which is different than Niwa and Nuiya. Just stick to NWEA and you're good. Trust me. I, I don't, like, of all of them, the Niwa is the most offensive. I tease, I tease my he, assistant principal at the middle school because he, that's how he calls it, Niwa. And because it's, it, it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just wrong. It's, it's N-W-E-A, not N-E-W-A. Well, with an H at the end. N-E-W-A-H, Niwa. Well, it's New England. So of course we're gonna add the uh, H at the end. All right, so Representative Talbot Ross sponsored 1664. Um, Senator Lucchini, I think out of Ellsworth, he was um, sponsor of 187. So I think this is really good work. My only disappointment is that Joe Schmidt was not involved in the conversation on the YouTube. I could listen to Joe talk almost as much as I could listen to Jeanette Kirk talk. Look, this, 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 we here at Maine Education Matters have no shortness of, to, to, we'll be very clear. We love us some Joe Schmidt. We love us some Joe Schmidt. And he's just, I, I feel really lucky that Maine was able to hire him and to bring him on as part of our DOE. And if you Ooh. don't know who Joe Schmidt is, uh, he is a legitimate DOE rock star. May I education rock star. Yes, forget yes. her DOE education rock star. And um, I, I, I'm lucky enough I get to work with him um, quite a bit. So it's for it's, fear of being fired from this podcast. May I make a shameless plug? Uh, you can't be fired. Well, I might be, but this is no, a you, you, you plug. can't be because you're my boss. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. Um, August 19th and 20th. Four York County districts, MSED 35, MSED 60, York and Saco will be hosting a virtual summer institute. And not only will Joe Bailey be presenting some fascinating um, sessions, again, all virtual. So stay home in your pajamas, sit out by your pool in your bikini, whatever you'd like. Um, we have- I'll be in mine. We have a great rundown, um, but hearing Joe Schmidt's name um, reminded me. We're also bringing in the author of Not Light But Fire, Matthew Kay, I believe his name is. I cool. Read a, a very um, appropriate book for our conversations these days. And there are other things that we can talk about. Maybe we need to have a separate podcast and we could interview the other curriculum directors sponsoring this, but. We're gonna need like summer content. So yes, there you go. this will be our summer content. So shameless plug, August 19th and 20th, your chance to see Joe Schmidt in action. 
virtually. So, so let, let's do it. Let's talk about it. And um, let's plug the heck out of it. And it's a virtual, so anyone can probably join in, I would imagine. Not, just the, members of, not just the members of those, of those districts. Minimal cost, minimal cost. So where did LD, LD 1664 end up? It's divided report, but is, but it's, I'm assuming it's ought to pass, ought not to pass. 11 to one, I believe. 11 to one. Oh yeah, this was the one in, I believe in local control. That was the aside. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so that, so th those are, so those are those bills. So we had some ought to pass as amendments, ought not to pass as we mix in a few divided reports there because they had some relation to some other areas. Uh, there is one that was reported out recently that was ought to pass as amended slash ought not to pass LD 636. This was passed at a whopping 12 to one. Who does not agree that we should be able to serve lobster? I mean, isn't this about local foods and no, there wasn't lobster. What was this one? Uh, the, the, an act to encourage the purchase of local foods for public schools, which could be lobster. It could be. You know, it could be clams, oysters. It could be any kind of, depending on where you are. Um, I once went to a, uh, a cafe called the Roadkill Cafe. So, I mean, that, that could be local foods for public schools. Is that between, is that on your drive? Or is no, that? Not, this, was, this was years ago. It was, it was down oh, in North I've Carolina. Heard of that. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. Um, so that was a 12 to 1? 12 to 1. And the one is ought not to pass. The one is ought not to pass. Representative Sampson out of Alfred. Out of Alfred. Ought not to pass. Maybe there's a food in Alfred that she just doesn't. It's sort of like when you taste something that tastes gross and you say to the person you're with, here, try this. And you're like, why? You already said it's disgusting. Why? <laughs> That's one so, of my favorite things about humanity. Yes. Yeah, so so maybe. Oh, this smells terrible. Here, you smell here, it. You smell it. Why? Right. No, so, thanks. I trust you. Maybe in Alfred, there's <laughs> something that she just does not want the kids to eat and she's protecting them. That's why it's 12 to one. I just saw on Facebook the other day, a, uh, a whole list of like 50 food items. And it said, see if you're a picky eater, which of these would you not eat? And I said, uh, zero to all, I would eat any of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty low key like, when it comes. I like my food. I, yeah. I'll, I'll, you can make any food taste good. Yeah. Even haggis. I've had really good haggis. Haggis is pretty gross. Is that a fish? Haggis? No. The traditional haggis, it's a, it's a bunch of ground up like lamb and sheep and it's and other meat and it's all ground together and it's mixed with oats and other vegetables and things and it's cooked inside of a sheep's bladder. Like a big sausage, a big thick honking sausage. And it's often served with uh, neeps and tatties. Maybe this is why your family is vegan. <laughs> Let's go on to the divided report, shall we? Uh, LD, LD 549, an act to include community service hours and high school graduation standards. This was a great conversation. It, it, everybody believes in it. They think it's, it's a wonderful endeavor, but it's just not something that, um, that we can mandate. Eight to three. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that one. All right. Well, let's jump down to one that we uh, that we already talked a little bit about at the beginning when we're talking about racial impact. So let's talk about this one, LD 633, a resolve 
directing the DOE to implement diversity, equity, and inclusion training for educators. Also a divided report. Yes. I don't think I wrote down, uh, probably 11 to one. No, I bet it's party. Uh, it can't be party lines. It has to be 11 to one. It has to be. I, you don't know. The, the skeptic in me puts it on party lines. I hope it's only 11 to one. You know why I don't think, I, I feel like it might not have gone party lines for the same reason that 1664 ended up 11 to one because before they did 1664, the Republicans called a corner caucus and came out and only, and I, I feel this is along the same conversational mm. lines. So I, um, I, I'll have to go back and listen to that one. I did not write it down. Can you remind me 1188, mm -hmm. this was the one on making sure that librarians and CTE teachers were included in the 40,000 minimum pay. Yeah, indeed, um, and an emergency bill, so it would be right away if it was passed. But then it was a lot of language that was stricken because they determined that the librarians were included. So it, it passed 11 to one, but I'm not quite sure what it is that passed. <laughs> Do you uh, yes, I, I neither am I. There is a, an amend, uh, a proposed amendment which basically, like you said, just takes out everything that has to do with librarians or libraries. Because they're already included. Yes. So the act is now called an act to include technical education teachers in the minimum $40,000 salary initiative. Maybe if I could. I absolutely agree. All right. LD 1512, an act to create the Office of Education Ombudsman and to establish a commission to study the creation of a reporting and response system to assist public schools in addressing incidents of bias, discrimination, and harassment. Divided report. That's such a funny word, ombudsman. 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 Um, Everybody say it with us, ombudsman. Ombudsman. We've turned into an interactive podcast. <laughs> Play along with us at home. <laughs> um, yes, divided report eight to four. Party lines. Party, party. Sixteen seventy-two. An act to require that private schools that enroll sixty percent or more publicly funded students meet certain requirements. Better meet those requirements. Oh, this, this is a conversation I would love to have with you on the decks of that place in Hollowell, overlooking the river. I have a sour in my hand. You probably have. What? If it's if if it's summer and it's it's gonna be a gin and tonic. A gin and tonic. All right. Well, you have your gin and tonic. I'll have my sour. And I want to talk about 1672 because this I live I, I work in a town with a 6040 and I love the people that I collaborate with. Um, but there are times that we know um or I've said, gee, it seems like they're private when it's conducive and public when it's conducive and it's a win-win. But this bill and hearing the testimony during the hearing, I have, I really have a different view of our independent schools and, and sort of opened my heart to just how important they are for our educational 
tapestry. Okay. Talk, say so, more. Um, the way, and I, I really, really respect Representative Millette. I think she is so thoughtful and she, um, she just, she, I, I, I just have a lot of respect for her. And she brought this bill forward because there was a school in the, in down east that there was a horrible bullying situation, didn't get attended to. And so she wrote this bill, but in writing it, it had language that took away the independence of the um, 60, 40 schools. And, and that's although- one of, That's one of my questions is though, like I, I, I really wonder to what extent does it really take away? Because here's what it adds. At a minimum, it, it requires these other requirements at a minimum meets or exceeds the following requirements. Adding the following language. Has the curriculum aligned with the system of learning results? Meets health and safety requirements applicable to public schools. Accepts any main student from ascending school administrative unit. That's the big one. That was a big one, but also the curriculum, because even though they are assessed along the main learning results, you know, they have to participate in mandatory MEA for their third mm -hmm. year high schoolers. They do have some autonomy when it comes to their curriculum. So they, All the, it's asked is, it, head, the heads of schools really felt that this would tie their hands and take away the autonomy that sure. them. See, I see this as being that, S, like the same, I'm gonna go back to that SAT bill where some people were against it. You know, it said to get rid of the SAT, but it was really just like not use it for accountability. Hmm. All this is saying is saying hey, the curriculum that you use in your schools is aligned to the main standards. It's not saying you have to use this curriculum because Maine doesn't have a set curriculum that you use. We have a set of standards and every school and school district has to set a framework to meet it. So I, I don't understand what the problem is here. I think that this is, I, I, I don't understand why that's a problem. To say that, make sure that, hey, you're a high school in the state of Maine, you're getting public funding, your curriculum should be aligned with the standards. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. Your locally developed, however you want to do it curriculum, I, I don't see that as, I don't see that as a problem. Well, two weeks ago, maybe even two days ago, I would have agreed with you wholeheartedly, but sure. I've had a change of heart and I, um, yeah. So let's talk more about that over gin and tonic in a sour. Okay? Sure, no problem. The, the one right. that, that, it did it did pass um right down party lines though right down party lines yeah the, i think the, the the big one in a lot of those is the accepting any student because some of them don't want to accept many special education students the language was nearly all when they were giving their yeah and yeah i have mixed feelings about that but um i really don't think this will go anywhere this will die on the floor. It will. Mark we'll my words. Mark my words. Oh wow! Throw it, throw in the gauntlet down. I am throwing the gauntlet down. It'll, it will. So, oh. 1672. Julie guarantees. Oh, I really want to throw out a rock term. Do you know what I mean when I say that? This could be a Matt Shea moment. Is this going to be like some kind of quartz thing? No, no, we're not going to go there. That kind of rock term guarantees uh, death on the floor. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, 
by saying a rock term after Matt Druitt Card has just said guarantees. I will buy you spicy dill pickle chips. What'd you think of those? I really enjoyed them. What did you think of my little video? I so so Julie sent me a video of uh, her and her and her daughter uh, trying some spicy dill, some of the deep river spicy dill pickle chips, mm-hmm. opening a bag and eating them, which were. I thought that was the the sweetest, best thing. My the best part of it was at the end. Was like, so what do you think? Meh. Yeah, typical twelve year old. Right. Just like, yep. That's that is a middle schooler right there. That is a middle schooler growing up in twenty twenty one and beyond. That's yeah. Meh. Yeah. Yep. So Love I it. don't think I texted you why I was treating her to lunch, but she had had her first vaccination, and so I was so proud of her and. Awesome. I was happy I could be there with her. And I said, let's go grab some lunch and then I'll go back to work because that's what mama does. That's great. Right. Yep. Which we're actually watching that video reminded me that I owe the podcast something. Really? Which is I have never had a moxie. Oh, I do recall you talking about that. And I said, my first moxie, I will have it on the podcast. So I'm going to try to remember to find or buy, purchase a moxie at some point soon in the episode, upcoming episode. Maybe we'll make that a special episode, just me drinking a moxie. <laughs> I think that would be a great kickoff to our summer series. <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be like, <laughs> hello, welcome to Education Matters. <laughs> you don't have to. This is Matt drinks a moxie. Two minutes later, you find us on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have a feeling that you and I would find something to talk about. Probably. Probably. LD uh, 1373. Let's finish this up. These divided reports from this last week. 1373, an act to keep all Maine students safe by restricting the use of seclusion and restraint in schools. Another tough topic. Matt, this was the most emotional. Mm. The, it, did we talk about this at MCLA on Wednesday? Because I feel I'm having a little bit of deja vu, but this was the most emotional um, YouTube session I watched. And I felt for our Republican legislators who, I mean, they were, they were fighting tooth and nail. They do not want to take out seclusion at all. And this, I have mixed feelings on this because I am a huge fan of Bear Shea and I know that the experiences he and the commissioner had at the real, at the real school, no pun intended, were real. And if, if they're saying that seclusion should not be done for any reason, I want to put my money on their words but then it goes back to things we've talked about that do you you do you really throw everything out sure so here here was my kind of come to jesus moment or whatever you want to call it with this one as i thought about this and listened to some of it read a bunch of stuff on it many years ago many dis, many school districts or states and some still do uh, encourage the use of corporal punishment in schools um, and there's no evidence that supports that that works. And in fact, the evidence supports the opposite that it actually works against kind of like retention in schools, you know, retention, one of those things that, oh, well, if they don't, if they don't do all the work, they would just keep them back another year and that'll get them to achieve. Well, the, actually the research shows the opposite of that. 
It doesn't do that. Overall, can it work in some situations? Yes, but every, every generalization is false in the specific. As a colleague of mine used to say when I lived out in Oregon. But this one was like one of those, you know, the evidence is overwhelmingly saying this. And I get the fact that there are some districts that are like, you know what, this is our only recourse. It's the only thing we could do in these really difficult situations to which all the experts say, it's not the only thing you can do. There are other things that you can do that are better, more impactful, more effective, safer, and healthier for the kid, for the educators, for everybody. That's where I saw this one coming out, coming at it from. It was, yeah, we're used to these tools. We're you like we're, align it to, I'm gonna make a really awful connection here, but hang on. Align it to like homework or grading. Well, we don't grades are the one thing we can use to hold these kids' feet to the fire. Is it though? I don't, I don't think that, that that's necessarily true. There are other things that we can do. There are other things that we can use that are more impactful, more effective, and better for everybody. They're and, new, right. they're not as familiar, and they're going to feel awkward as heck for a long time. That doesn't mean they're wrong. And we have two years to figure it out. Those districts who feel they have no recourse, the DOE is going to wrap their arms around you and provide you that support. So thank you for saying that. I needed to hear that. And I'm sure maybe one other person out there. Well, if, and if, you, if, if you disagree with this, that's fine. But think about it this way too. A year and a half ago, how familiar were people with conducting classrooms, meetings, et cetera, via Zoom? Right. No one, you know, most people weren't. Some people were, I was fine with it, but a lot of people weren't. And that just because it wasn't wasn't good. What happened last spring when, when we went out for COVID, everyone was in way uncomfortable, didn't know how to do it. And it was a whole bunch of navigating this whole new world. Right. But we figured it out because we had to, and there had to be a better way. There had to be a way to do it. And we figured it out and we learned a lot along the way about good things. The same thing can happen here in terms of restraint and seclusions and in terms of making, you know, protecting our kids and protecting our staff during a really tough, tough situation. Right. Well done, sir. I'll get off my soapbox now. No, but that I, I, I really needed to hear that because there was a part of me that was, uh, was pulling towards, um, Lyman and Woodsum and Roach and and wanting you know at it to remain for certain circumstances and um and that no. yeah what would the circumstances right. be when that's okay right. right tell me what those would be justify it for me and that 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 there's no better way right. well that's said well good. said all right we need to finish up because I know you have a commitment yesterday there was a pretty quick, somewhat quick work session on three yeah. bills. Um, 1640, 1684, 16, so 1640, an act to enact the campus. I love it when they do that, an act to enact. An act to enact the campus free speech and free press act. How did that one come out? Six to five. Close one. Ought not to pass. 1684, Very, act, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So just um, 
that that's another one that I would like to talk to you about on the shores of the Kennebec. I, I, I think we have uh, a, 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 well, maybe not the shores of the Kennebec. We, we, we do have a trip to Hawaii planned. Oh, that's right. That's right. You know, coming, I forgot about coming that. to you from the island of Maui. Yes. Talking yes. about free speech, an act to enact free speech in press. Uh, yeah. So, so just 1684, an act to strengthen Maine's workforce by expanding English language acquisition and workforce training programs. I'm, I'm tempted to put all my eggs in this basket. I believe in this wholeheartedly. This is a bill from Representative Cloutier from Lewiston. And we have areas in the state, Barber Foods, now Tyson Foods, I think is one in South Portland, where not only are we employing our new Mainers, our immigrants, our refugees, but we're providing them on-site English acquisition courses. Mm -hmm. And it just makes so much sense to me. And I just love, love, love this bill. I love the promise, the hope of it, as does Representative Dodge. Um, but it went seven to three. Representative Stearns crossed party lines because he was able to add some language to the bill that would make sure that through the grant process that it wouldn't just be our large, he referred to them as metropolitan areas. I have a hard time thinking that Maine has metropolitan areas. I mean, Portland, yes, but, um, and that perhaps some money could land in Guilford to expand the workforce there. And so Stearns was, Wonderful. he was torn. He was torn because he knew his, party members were not going to vote for this, but um, he, as a former educator, as a former superintendent, you know, he has seen the, um, the growth in our state of New well, Maine. Yeah. And, and if we want to keep, if we want to keep Maine growing and we want to keep bringing people in, we need to make it a welcoming state for everybody and for anybody. We want to make this place, if it's the way life should be, yeah, then it should be open and welcoming for all. And that means that we support people who are coming here to help them integrate into the wonderful place that is Maine, not just say, hey, welcome to Maine, figure it out yourself. I mean, how many times have we heard there's such a need for a growing workforce? There's, you know, right. the number of, of uh, people aging out of jobs versus those coming into jobs is just, the gap is huge. huge. So why would we not have this it's such a good, it just sounds wonderful. And I I'm with really, you. really hope, I really hope this makes it through. I'm with you. Last one, 1679, an act to address student hunger through expanding access to free school meals. Representative McCray got behind this one and he said, you know, we have, we talk about making sure that kids have technology and we talk about them having everything they need to learn. And we talk about them having recess time and this, that, and the other thing. But we know that if they're hungry, none of that makes any difference. So he supported this wholeheartedly. It actually ended up being an eight to two vote, which I found interesting. Yeah, and that too did include Representative Stearns. So Senator Woodsum jumped party lines. But Representative Stearns, he held firm on this one. So it was eight to two, but ought to pass. Access to free meals, yes. So 
Julie, it looks, as, as things stand right now, it looks like we might be done with public hearings and just have a bunch of work sessions that are going to be kind of left over because things are going to start going to the legislative in the House and Senate floors. So folks, stay tuned. We are going to be doing some updates on what's gone forward so far, some votes. We might have some roll call votes, maybe if we can find them. And things are... The, thing, the, the stuff that was all there, it's been narrowed down, it's getting weaved down, and we're getting into it now, folks. So, Matt, I know you're going to be disappointed. I really don't have a, a specific shout out or um, a smackdown. I did have an apology. I smacked my own self on that one. I had an apology. Um, but I am going to end my major talking points with a little known fact Ooh. that did you know, or do you know, how many bills can be carried over from one session to another? If you know this, I'm going to be upset that I haven't taught you something new. So you better not know it. He's thinking, he's thinking. I, I'm Audience, trying to remember if, if I, 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 I don't okay, know. Good, I, good. I could come up with some kind of funny number, but I'm not going to. Okay, so 666, blah, side of the devil. It's important. I think it's important to know that there are 12 carryover bills that can occur. So they were meeting this afternoon as we record to discuss which bills they were like um, 414 will definitely be carried over. Um, and there were some others. We can talk about that another time. Mm. But just a little known fact, it's important to know that from the Joint Standing Committee of Education and Cultural Affairs, they can only carry over 12 bills. I wonder if that's in line with like the 12 days of Christmas. Ooh. You know, like one of those will be like a partridge in a pear tree kind of thing. Right. Well, there will be or... pear between public and private. And so that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> well, given that we, we've, we've done a whole lot of good stuff and some also not so good stuff today, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you want to let us know how we're doing. Keep following us along. We'll post things when we can. Uh, here you can follow us on Twitter at Main Ed Matters or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Main Education Matters. Julie, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Always a pleasure, sir. Have a great weekend. See you next week. You as well. Thanks for listening, y'all.